Yeah. Hello, and thanks for coming. How are you? Talking top six, talking prem, talking match week two. Thanks for coming. Grab a seat. How are you? Um, on today's episode of Talking Henry, I'm just kidding. <laughs> on today's episode of Top Six, um, we're going to look at the, the, the matches of the week, including Arsenal Burnley, um, Southampton Liverpool, City Tottenham, Chelsea Leicester, and Wolves United. So let's dive right in. First off, we got Arsenal Burnley. Um, Arsenal's coming off a 1-0 victory at Newcastle in one of their only road wins, um, really in, in quite a long time, something they weren't able to do last year, um, particularly having a clean sheet on the road as well, is a very encouraging and exciting um, piece to this. Um, Burnley's coming off a 3-0 victory against Southampton, um, very impressive performance for them that Sean Dyke sort of loved to see, um, but obviously the this Arsenal team is going to be a lot different than Southampton. Um, let's start by looking at the, the fixtures last year. Um, Arsenal ran out 3-1 winners in both games last year. Um, with goals, two goals in each game from Pierre Aubameyang and uh, Ashley Barnes recording the sole um, goal each for for Burnley. Arsenal was excellent at home last year: 14 wins, three draws, two losses, with a plus 26 goal differential. That record was third best among all Premier League teams, not just top six, ahead of Chelsea, Tottenham, and United. And that goal differential is. Uh, Ended up being fourth uh, behind City, Liverpool tied for first, Chelsea third, and then Arsenal fourth. On the flip side, you had Burnley, um, who went four, five, and ten last year. Um, pretty darn poor. It's 14th out of 20th uh, for a negative 15 goal differential. So obviously nothing to write home about, if you will. Um, you know, I think when you look at this game, there's done a lot to me that suggests uh, Arsenal doesn't have an easy win. Um, they've won their last 10 matches against Burnley in all competitions, uh, dating back to March 2010. So this is a pretty substantial run of historical dominance. Um, when you go even further back, you look, Burnley have won just one of their last 19 away games against Arsenal in all competitions. Um, that's one win, three draws, and 15 losses. So we're talking pretty extensive um, history here. Um, furthermore, when you when you break it down, um, Arsenal have won nine in a row against Burnley in the Prem. Uh, one of their longest uh, runs against any team in the history of the club, um, with only a run against City between 94 and 2004, and a run against Newcastle 2012-17, um, being greater. Furthermore, the Emirates, um, Arsenal have won all seven games, scoring 21 goals and conceding just four. That's good for an average of three a game. Um, 
and really there's there's no um, you know sort of team that they've they, they've had that much dominance against uh, at home really it's, it's uh, you know the, the 10 wins in 10 game or seven games in a row 10 matches in all comps I mean this is clear domination the only thing that I guess you know you you sort of question or you know think about at least a little bit is uh, Arsenal lost their first uh, home Premier League match in eight of the or excuse me in five of the last eight seasons. It's two wins, one draw, and five losses. Um, last year it was an 0-2 loss to Manchester City, which I think we can forgive them for that. Um, but you know you you think about it and um, it just seems to me like there's nothing that's gonna put me off being on Arsenal here, both from a um, first half as well as a game perspective um, you know they're, they're just the better side I think they match up better at every position this is definitely going to be one of those games where um, you know Sean Dyke for sure would play for the draw I'd be happy with the draw uh, that would be a big win you know I think this is another chance for Obama Yang to score he scored um you know, six goals and three appearances against Burnley. So, you know, he's shown that he can get it done and, and finish well. Um, so, you know, I think when you when you put it all together, Arsenal having, you know, one, um, kept a clean sheet for the first time on opening day since 2008. Um, and with big, big games coming up, in turn, including Liverpool um, and then Tottenham in the North London Derby, it sure seems like this is a game that they're gonna, you know, try and um, try and get all three points and should and should get all three points. In terms of team lineups, I think you know we're gonna see David Luiz uh, make his debut, uh, most likely alongside Socrates. Um, we'll see with you know Maitland Niles, you know, right back and Montreal left. We'll see if they continue that. Uh, Kalasinak is back. Ozil's back. After having to sit out due to security concerns, um, in the midfield, it looks like Matteo Ganduzi will get the start alongside Granit Xhaka, who still has a bit of injury doubt, but we will see. Um, Danny Sabalios could be in out wide. I think Nicholas Pepe and Nicholas Pepe uh, should get the start. And when you think about sort of that three-headed monster of Lacazette. Uh, Bamiyang and Pepe, uh, this is this is an exciting team for sure, and, and, and a team that is probably just a little too much for Burnley to handle. Um, you know, I think when you think about what is Burnley going to do to sit back, you know, they'll have good defensive shape, they'll be, um, you know, on the on the ball, but. Um, I think this is a clear play on Arsenal. So I'm going to be expressing that. Um, Moneyline play, minus 330. A first half play at minus 130. And a to record a shutout win. Although um, it's been tough for them to do that uh, yet. So... And the recorder shutout win, by the way, is plus 110. So moving on, um, 
Moving on, we have um, Southampton Liverpool. Um, another interesting game. Uh, Liverpool dominated week one, four one winners um, away at Norwich. Excuse me, home at Norwich. Um, we saw Southampton, as we just sort of discussed, get crushed by. Um, Burnley, uh, always as we like to start, we'll take a, um, we'll take a look at the reverse fixture last year, um, at Liverpool, Liverpool ran out three, no winners, um, in a pretty easy and convincing win, uh, 61% possession, 12 shots to seven, Goals from Matip and Salah and our own goal. Um, and then in the reverse fixture in Southampton, Shane Long got on the board early. Um, goal in the ninth minute. Walkeda, Salah, and Jordan Henderson um, got the goals for Liverpool as the match went on. 17 shots to 11 in favor of Liverpool, as well as 67 possession. Um, another interesting one where... You know, the Saints had a decent, um, well, actually, no, I, I wouldn't say that at all. They had a poor uh, home record last year. They were 4-4-11 four, four, and 11 with a negative 17 goal differential in 19 games on the road. Whereas Liverpool, as we, as we know and as we're well aware, were one of the best teams in the league last year, not only in general, but at home specifically. They were 17-2-0, representing the only team to go the entire season unbeaten at home in the Premier League. Um, they had a plus 45 goal differential at home, which was, or excuse me, excuse me. Southampton at home last year, uh, very mediocre, 14th out of 20th in the league, five wins, eight draws, and six losses for negative three goal differential. Meanwhile, Liverpool on the road, um, no, no surprise here, one of the best teams away from home. Thanks for coming. They were 13 wins, five draws, and one loss in their 19 games with a plus 22 goal differential, while the Saints were had a negative three goal differential. So obviously, um, pretty big discrepancy uh, between between the two. A um, couple pieces of, of news and trends, etc. Uh, Southampton have lost their last four Premier League matches against Liverpool. Uh, they've given up 11 goals and scored just once over the four games. Um, going back even further, in the last 11 meetings between the sides, Liverpool have lost just once. Seven wins, three draws, and one loss. Um, losing 2-3 in March 2016. Prior to that, they had lost um, five of their previous seven against the Saints, which, you know, I think we, that's something we could probably take with a grain of salt. I mean, you know, you, you want to get a sense of history. You want to be able to go back. You want to look. But this was just one of those situations where, um, you know, it's a completely different team. It's a completely different era. And uh, comparing that team to this team, Completely different shape, completely different format. Um, just, just really doesn't make sense. Um, 
Another strong, strong trend here is the fact that Southampton have won their opening home Premier League game of the season in just one of their previous 20 seasons. So in the last 20 seasons, um, with their opener of the year, Southampton is, has one win, 10 draws, and 9 losses, uh, winning 3-2 with the last loss, or excuse me, the last win being 3-2 against the Blackburn Rovers in 2005. So pretty substantial history here just in terms of um, an inability to do well in opening day. Um, Liverpool have won, as I said, 10 in a row. Um, they could equal their pre- their best ever Premier League winning run of 11 consecutive victories if they beat Southampton. Um, and another important point is that Liverpool ended the season uh, with a run of four consecutive away Premier League wins. They haven't won five in a row on the road since a run of six between April and, or excuse me, between February and April 2014. Um, a couple more things to consider here is the fact that. So, uh, Liverpool played midweek, played to a 2-2 draw against Chelsea in the uh, Super Cup, a match between the winner of the Champions League and Europa League in the preceding season. And we saw, um, you know, a, a Liverpool team that was excited and, um, you know, ready to sort of prove their dominance and, and, and continue to rack up as many trophies as they can. Um, you know, and, and and we're able to do that. We're able to do that, uh, winning on penalties um, late in the game. So you know, I think when you when you add it all up and you look at the history of it and the fact that you know, Liverpool isn't going to want to um, drop points. That's sort of going to be the big thing. I think we all know that them winning the Premier League is far more important than. Um, you know, than really anything else, and, and beating City to the Premier League title is, is more important than anything else. So it's going to be interesting to see if they're um, able to get over the line, if you will, or if they're, you know, still sort of struggling to, um, you know, to, to, to keep it going. But um, another interesting thing is that, you know, obviously we're still, or Liverpool's still without Alisson. Uh, Adrian um, is is obviously far inferior, but he's he's sort of the guy now. And you know it's interesting because last year, Alisson they only they only let up twenty two goals, uh, best in the league across the whole season. And what we found is that you know Allison was arguably one of the most, or perhaps the most important player. Uh, in that in that mix for sure, um, it, it, there's also a, a sort of a study going on that shows um, that Liverpool conceded seven fewer goals than their expected goals projections. This is uh, a study from Understat, which allowed them to have a 13 and a half point overperformance in the league. So I think. You know, a lot of that was one-on-one situations and um, sort of one-on-one battles, if you will. So when you think about that, um, it it really is sort of a different world now 
with uh, it really is sort of a different world with um, Adrian. So we will see. Um, but I, I think, you know, this is one of those situations where you have a little draw protection at plus 400, no problem at all. Parlay that with an interest in your added draw um, to not only, you know, use to not only use, um, you know, a good price uh, for draw protection, but I think at the end of the day, this is a clear Liverpool win. We're going to represent that by playing the minus 265 money line, the minus one and a half from the Asian. And I'm actually going to pass the uh, recorded shutout win just due to the fact that, you know, we have Adrian and Goal, Southampton probably will get a few chances. And uh, it's just not the right spot, if you will, um, to really support. They play on the recording shutout way. So, with that being said, um, let's move on to the big game of the week, Manchester City versus Tottenham. Um, obviously, City looked excellent. Shocker, right? Shocker there. On opening day, um, they ran out 5-0 winners um, to start their, their Premier League campaign. And I think... You know, this is another situation where uh, Pep is focused on, you know, obviously uh, the argument is that the Champions League is slightly bigger for him, but obviously very excited and focused on, um, you know, on the, uh, on, the Premier League, on the Premier League as well. Um, definitely a bit of history here. So as we know, Tottenham um, bounced City from the Champions League last year. The first leg saw Tottenham run out 1-0 winners at home. The second saw City run out 4-3 winners at City. Um, but due to the away goals tiebreaker, um, with the score, you know, staying 4-4 on aggregate, Tottenham advanced. And, you know, if you, if you know Pep and you think about what Pep's all about, this is a spot where he's going to be very upset, very sort of revenge-driven, and very excited to uh, to sort of bounce back and to sort of take over, if you will. Um, in terms of Premier League uh, matchups, City ran out 1-0 winners at Tottenham last October um, in, a, in a tightly contested affair. Actually, tightly contested from a possession perspective, tightly contested, 52 to 48 in favor of City. The City really sort of dominated the game, 13 to 4 in shots, 6 to 1 shots on target, and just far more chances um, in the game than dominated. The reverse fixture was City, um, you know, at City Tottenham at City, saw City run out 1 0 winners uh, off of Phil Foden goal in the fifth minute. This one was was closer from a shots perspective, 15 to 10, with four and four in terms of shots on target, 61 to 39 possession. Um, so you know, I think when you, when you think about these two teams, we have you know, you look at that sample size in terms of the four games. Um, this is obviously going to be a close, tightly contested affair. Potch and and uh, Pep go way back; they know each other well. 
um, they know each other's strategy, what they want to do. But, you know, City at home, you just you really just can't ever fade them. I mean, you think about last year um, at home, City was 18 wins, zero draws, and one loss. And, you know, you take that a little further back, right, to the previous season, they were 16-2-1. So that's, you know, 34-4-2 over the past um, two seasons. And so it's, it's, it's essentially an autoplay on City at home. How do you pass it? You really can't. Um, with that being said, Tottenham were good on the road last year, uh, finishing third in the Prem. 11 wins, zero draws with eight losses, positive 10 goal differential. And I forgot to mention City with that 18-0-1 record had a plus 45 goal differential. So... You know, you, you look at City, they're, they're, they're comfortable at the Etihad. That's where they play their best football. Um, they're definitely going to be motivated, inspired, and revenge-fueled to win this game. Thanks for coming. How are you? Yeah. And, um, you know, I think that um, when you when you sort of really break it down, um, this is, this is, these are the games that City wins. These are the games that they sort of prove their, their mettle. They prove what they're all about, and um, they want good challenges against good teams, and, and, and you think about a team that's beat them before, they're going to be extra motivated. So just to get into some of the stats, um, City have won the last four games, their four, last four Premier League games, I should say, against Tottenham. Uh, they've never won five uh, consecutive league games against them, um, which is you know something that's worth thinking about, and it's the 141st meeting of the two sides, but... Perhaps more importantly, Spurs have taken just four points uh, from the last nine Premier League visits to the Etihad. One win, one draw, and seven losses. So we really have seen some, you know, dominance, or for lack of a better word, um, ownership, <laughs> if you will, uh, of, of City over Tottenham. And, and I don't see why that would be any different here. City haven't lost their opening home league match in the top flight seasons since 1989-1990. So that's 24 years, um, or excuse me, 24 matches since uh, in, in the top flight. 16 wins, 8 draws, and 0 losses. So there, there really is a clear distinction for City to, um, you know, to get it done here. Um, furthermore, Spurs have lost their last 6 away Premier League matches. Um, they, which is really a shocking stat when you think about how good of a season they had, but they've lost their last six, uh, away matches of the 2018-2019 season. They haven't lost seven in a row since December 2000, so you think, okay, um, they're due for a, you know, correction or a bounce back or whatever word you want to use, but the reality is, is that City probably still, um, the trends with City, the domination from City, all these kinds of things probably overpowers the fact that Tottenham's due for a win. Um, and then just one last little piece of business. When conceding no more than one goal in a Premier League match, City are unbeaten in 83 Premier League games. However, when they do concede more than one goal, uh, they've lost uh, their last six matches. So this is a situation where... Um, you know, we, we haven't seen a ton of goals uh, from Tottenham when these two play, with the exception of that Champions League match. Um, but 
it's just hard to see. Again, it's hard to see any spot where City doesn't run out and and you know look to get on the front foot and look to um, take advantage of the fact that you know maybe Tottenham is still a bit in disarray with the Christian Eriksen situation in terms of you know is he motivated to play and is he excited to play and even want him out there. Obviously, made a huge difference when he came into the game last week. Um, with Spurs being a completely different team, and 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 you know what looked like perhaps a, a one note loss turning into a three one win. Um, you know, and then on the flip side, the city was normal city last week. So, you know, I think this is one where you don't want to reinvent the wheel. Um, city minus two. I'm gonna stay away from the Asian line here. And the minus one and a half. But with City notorious fast starters, we'll be on the minus a half, first half at minus 120. We'll be on the three-way money line at minus 275. And we will also, interestingly, be on the 1-0, or 2-1 prop at plus 190. Um, so let's look to do that. Let's look to um, ride sort of City's coattails, if you will, to success. And we will take a quick break um, before we continue with the other three games of the week. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thanks for coming. How are ya? <clears throat> We're going to finish up with the last three games. Um, first up. Or excuse me, last two games, considering City Tottenham um, brings in two of our top six in one game. Next up, we got Chelsea Leicester. Um, with Chelsea, we're coming off a very solid, not you know, too impressive, but a solid. Um, 2-2 draw against Liverpool in the UEFA Super Cup. But as it relates to the Prem, a t- off a terrible, terrible, terrible 4-0 loss to Manchester United at Old Trafford. Um, Chelsea looked much better midweek uh, at Liverpool and had to be encouraged by the better play of N'Golo Conte, the good through ball from Christian Pulisic, Olivier Giroud's solid play. Um, I think it was just a much better performance from them. Leicester, meanwhile, is coming off of a uh, 0-0 draw against Wolves, a close game um, where both sides had chances, but were never really the, never really able to... Uh, you know, to, to sort of break the, the seal, if you will. Um, there's actually a, a decent amount of history here, um, and the way it's worked is had, has it's been very tight. So Leicester ran out at Chelsea in this fixture last year. Leicester actually ran out of shock, 1-0 winners. Um, I don't know if I'd say the story um, of the match really told or really, the better way to say it is that the stats didn't tell the story as uh, Chelsea recorded 17 shots to Leicester's eight, five shots on target to Leicester's three, and had 73% possession versus Leicester's 27%. Um, I think 
the reverse picture was a little more um, accurate in terms of the stats telling the story with 14-9 Chelsea out, out shooting Leicester, 4-3 to three in shots on target, and 54-46 to 46 in terms of possession in a 0-0 draw. When you think about uh, home and away performance last year, Chelsea was 12-6-1, and one, uh, fourth in the Prem with a plus 27 goal differential, while Leicester actually ended up being one of the better teams on the road. They were seven wins, four draws, and eight losses with a minus one goal differential, good for seventh in the Premier League. Um, I think, you know, when you when you think about Chelsea, you think about Leicester. Uh, Leicester's certainly inspired by Brendan Rodgers. He's added a good um, energy and excitement to the team. Frank Lampard is trying to do the same with Chelsea. He knows that, you know, this is a long-term project at its core. Um, but obviously, you know, wants to get off to a good start and use quite a bit of the talent that he has. Uh, in terms of Kovacic and Angolo Conte and um, just a, a lot of different solid players uh, on his side. I think Chelsea are, are rightful favorites here. Um, ESPN has it at 55%. That correlates to a, a, you know, a price in the minus 120-ish range for pre-vig price of minus 120. I think that sort of makes sense, if you will. Um, although, of course, they're going to be priced up a little more, up to minus 135 at the time of recording. Thanks for coming. How are you? Um, a couple stats for us here. Last year, Chelsea's uh, 1-0 home defeat to Leicester in the Prem was only their second against the Foxes in 13 meetings. Um, in the Prem since September 2000. So they've won seven, drawn four, lost two, with that being the, the second in that sample size. Um, Leicester actually, interestingly, looking to win consecutive away league matches against Chelsea for the first time since October 1961. So obviously, you know, you, you don't want to read too into these types of things simply because, you know, it's a long time ago, and, uh, you know, you, different players, different situations, and, and frankly, a very different league at that time. However, with that being said, um, you know, you, you do want to understand the history, you do want to sort of know what's going on, and it's worth thinking about. Um, furthermore, it, it, we've seen a really low-scoring affairs here. Uh, only one of the last 80 sh 86 shots in the Premier League. Um, games between Chelsea and Leicester have been converted. So, and, and, and that one that was converted was the goal by Jamie Vardy uh, last year in the 1-0 win uh, away at Chelsea. So I think when we think about Leicester-Chelsea, we think about not a lot of scoring. We think about decent defensive structure. We think about, um, you know, an ability to, to lock down the strikers and an ability to sort of... Um, you know, play strong, good defensive football. And when you think about, you know, perhaps an under two and a half play, there, there's definitely maybe some value if it's around pick them, which it is. Uh, throw in the 10% juice, you got a minus 110. But it's something that I think makes sense. A couple more facts, though, that are maybe going to have us leaning Chelsea. 
just a little bit, I would say. Um, Chelsea have won their opening home league match of the season in 14 of the last 16 seasons. So that's 14 wins, one draw, and one loss, with their only defeat coming as the reigning champions in the 2017-2018 season against Burnley. You know, I think that's obviously an important factor in terms of their ability to get ready, get up for their first home match. Obviously, the bridge is an exciting place to play, and London's going to be rocking. Um, and, you know, they're obviously going to be excited to, you know, show their fan base and show themselves and show that any, you know, really anyone involved with the football club that um, what we saw against United really isn't representative of who they are and what they're all about. Um and one, you know, final extra sort of piece, if you will, is that Chelsea have lost only one of their last 22 home league games. It's 13 wins and eight draws with that one defeat actually coming against Leicester in December 2018. So when you think about that, in fact, that, you know, they, in, in 22 home league games, they've lost one once um, in, in, in those games, and it was against Leicester. You got to think... Well, there's two ways to think about it, right? On the one hand, you could say, okay, Leicester's going to have, you know, a little extra um, motivation and belief that they can do it, that they won, that, you know, they're not not necessarily a superior side, but that they're able to um, get over the line here and and it can go toe-to-toe with this Chelsea side. But I, I actually think about it the other way, which is, you know, this has to give um, Chelsea – the revenge uh, piece that it has to have them thinking, you know what, this team beat us. We're not going to allow that again. Um, we're starting to get into form. We, we played against a really strong Liverpool side um, really well midweek. And, you know, we're certainly encouraged by the, the chemistry starting to build up and the excitement starting to build up at Chelsea. So I think this makes sense, you know, from just a, a value perspective, I mean, without the history here, you're easily going to see Chelsea up to minus 150, minus 160. And although that's anecdotal, I think, you know, even on game day, we may see uh, prices in that range. So um, the way that I'm looking at this is it's definitely a Chelsea live money line play, minus 135. Um, half, we're going to have a half unit on the draw protection, draw with United Wolves, um, which will be sort of the theme in terms of, um, you know, where do you get your draw protection and what does it look like? Um, and then I also am going to be on the prop of 1-0, 2-0, and 2-1 for Chelsea. Um, right now, they actually have taken it down, um, but it should be it should be in the plus I would say plus one fifty range maybe plus one fifty to two hundred which obviously is a big range but I think it should be somewhere around there as the uh, certainly as the maybe the favorite um, in terms of any kind of score prop um, just to sort of you know add to that theory that that would be the favorite is the fact that um, in the correct score market. One zero is plus six fifty, two zero is plus seven fifty, and two one is plus eight hundred. Those are the three highest odds of any outcome other than the one one draw, which is at plus seven hundred. So I think this definitely makes sense. Um it's definitely a live play on Chelsea. Uh again, one unit win, one unit one zero two zero two one, 
and half unit draw. Thanks for coming. Oh, walk your dog. Leave the leash at the door. How are ya? And then, uh, okay, going into our last game of the week, what I like to think of is the big game, the pivot game. Um, you know, the the one that all your Akas and your parlays should end with. Um, and that is the game at the Molino Manchester United going to visit Wolves. So let's um let's just break down as we like to do what happened last year. And interestingly enough, we saw very, very tight games across the um, across the markets. Uh, this game last year, uh, so I guess in April, if you will, um, was a two one victory to Wolves. However, it must be said that Ashley Young got a red card in the 57th minute, which led to United playing a man down for roughly 30, you know, 35 plus minutes in the game. Um, before that, Scott McTominay put United ahead at the 13 minute mark. Diego Jota tied the game at one all in the 25th minute. And then we really did see good even uh, football between the two. Um, even post the Ashley Young red card until there was an own goal against Chris Smalling in the 77th minute that led uh, Wolves to go up 2-1. But interestingly enough, it really was a game that uh, United, I don't want to use the word dominated, but (laughs) that could be the right word. Uh, They led the Wolves in shots, in shots on target, by a a multiple 2-1. 18 shots to Wolves 9 and 4 shots on target to Wolves 2 with a 51-49 possession split. Um, so that was sort of an interesting game just in terms of the fact that you know, played the man down but still played really well and had their chances but weren't able to capitalize. We saw a very similar, um, well, I say similar. Actually, we saw a much more dominant performance from Wolves in the FA Cup in, in March of this year. Um, it was pretty tight the whole game, 0-0 until the 70th minute. This was the FA Cup quarterfinals, by the way. Pretty tight, 70th minute, Raul Jimenez uh, with a with a goal um, to put Wolves up 1-0. Six minutes later, Diego Jota again in the 76th minute, suggesting us to maybe think, hey, um, you know, <laughs> this guy is uh, not a United killer, but someone to focus on. That game saw Wolves actually lead 17-11 in shots, 72 shots in target uh, with a 38 possession 32 to 62 percent possession split so they although they didn't have the possession they had much better opportunities that was a classic case of you know wolves hitting on the counter uh playing good um you know not necessarily possession-based football but really the opposite of good counter-attacking football um and it was also you know when united was still in the midst of all their issues and Reno and etc etc so We'll throw sort of throw that FA Cup not out, but it'll it'll it certainly isn't representative of, of the United we're looking at today. Um, and then finally, just to, to bring it home, land the plane, do you land the plane? Um, United, the reverse fixture in United last September saw um, United and Wolves draw, which I think is a highly likely outcome here. A similar kind of story. Fred led it early, 18 minute mark. 
Jamatin now tied at the 53-minute mark. We saw no more goals. 15 to 11 shots, 6 to 8 actually shots on target with the Wolves having the edge. And once again with the 65 to 35% possession breakdown, again showing us that United play possession-based football against Wolves, while the Wolves, um, you know, simply don't have, um, you know, are, are okay playing off the ball and are, are okay trying to hit you on the counter. In fact, not only are they okay, but that's sort of what they're built to do. And that's what Nuno has built them to do. Um, real quick, looking at a, a little pieces of, of form, if you will. Um, obviously, United you know, ran out 4-0 four, four winners against Chelsea. It looked excellent. It looked solid. It looked strong. Um, Rashford was brilliant. Martial was brilliant. I mean, we have this sense with United that, you know, when when the, the young guys are able to play good, free-flowing, attacking football, they can really do well. And obviously, the addition of Harry Maguire was excellent as he had a you know, very, very strong game um, and, you know, just looked just so solid at the back. But really, I, I'd say the most impressive player was Aaron Wan-Bissaka, the signing from Crystal Palace, future superstar, future, you know, starting right or left back, whatever he wants, really, um, for uh, the England national team. I think, uh, you know, he, he was really the best player in the field, and he's looking like someone that's going to make a real difference at United right away. So, you know, I, you look at it sort of form last year, right? Uh, Wolves finished eighth uh, on the home and away tables. They finished eighth at home, 10 wins, four draws, five losses for a plus seven goal differential, while United on the road. Were actually excellent. There were nine nine wins, three draws, seven losses for a plus three goal differential. Uh, by the way, that was eighth for Wolves on the home side, and fourth for United on the away side. So very, you know, sort of interesting, interesting stuff there uh, that suggests that you know this this is going to be a good tightly contested affair. Um, the 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 other thing I guess sort of to think about here. It's just a couple of trends. So I guess it's things, plural. Come on, Z, mix in a little English. Um, I think this line's probably priced appropriately. I, I have it, you know, 30%, maybe Wolves, implied prod, 30% draw, and then maybe the other 40 on uh, United, which roughly breaks down to what we're looking at in the market with, as of the time of the pod, uh, United at plus 125. Wolves at 230 and the draw at 225. Um, I th I think you know let's let's just real quickly go through some stats. Uh, so n Wolves have lost none of their three games against United in all competitions last season. They won two, drew one, winning both of their games in Molyneux against the Red Devils. So I think that's an important trend. Obviously, the fact that they have the confidence they can beat them at home. And they've, you know, done it in the past. So, you know, they're definitely a team that, um, you know, has the belief and it won't be scared away by this United team. And furthermore, um, in the Prem, Wolves are one of the only four teams that Man U have faced away from home five or more times and lost more games than they've won. So they won two, uh, drawn zero, lost three. Um, the only sort of the other four teams in that list, by the way, are Chelsea, Arsenal, Sheffield Wednesday. But I think um, you know it's 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 interesting enough that 
you know, Wolves sort of do have United's number, especially at home. And that's something that, you know, we're going to have to track and follow closely. Um, last season, in the first away match in Prem, United, which, you know, again, is sort of tough just because you, know, you had Jersey Mourinho, you had a different team, you didn't have, um, you know, you still were trying to make Lukaku work, you're still trying to make Alexis Sanchez work. Both those guys are gone. Lukaku going to Inter Milan. And Sanchez, you know, obviously being um, banished to the reserve team and hopefully on loan. But um, they lost last year 3-2 to Brighton in their first away league match last season. They haven't done, they haven't lost two consecutive like that since 1981 and 1981-82 seasons, which is pretty fascinating. We're talking almost 30 years, or excuse me, almost 40 years. Um, of history where they haven't lost two consecutive away league matches to start the season. However, one of those defeats was coming against Wolves. So you talk about the historical uh, significance of this Wolves team. They, they, for whatever reason, they do have a good history against United. Um, furthermore, if you look at Wolves in the Prem, they're unbeaten in eight Premier League home games. They have six wins and two draws, obviously including that victory over Manchester United. They're looking to win three consecutive top-flight games at the Molyneux for the first time since November 1980. So history not on their side there, but certainly on their side in terms of their home form, their home ability, and their home ability to get it done. And then finally, another interesting sort of point and comment here to make is that United are winless in the last four Premier League away games. They have one draw and lost three. So I think this is definitely um, a tough, tough, sort of spot to, to, you know, highly, highly support United. Um, I think it's one where, you know, we'll look to have that draw protection from our previous games, but it's certainly a spot that if we, if we weren't able to, uh, if we weren't able to get any sort of draw protection, I think it's a game where the draw is a live play, the outright draw, uh, plus 225. I think it's tough to, to back United here. Um, you know, if just if you're simply being disciplined. However, with all that being said, I think that, you know, A, this is going to be a tight game. A, you know, B, um, there, there may not be a lot of score. So, yeah, I think um, to close the loop, we're going to have, here's sort of the breakdown. In a hypothetical thousand-dollar um, portfolio, we will do okay, 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 okay. In a hypothetical, hypothetical, <laughs> keep talking, stay hot. In a hypothetical thousand-dollar portfolio, we will do a one unit. An Arsenal money line spend three thirty five to win a hundred. We will play the Arsenal minus one and a half line at minus one oh five. So minus one oh five to win a hundred. We will do the first half line at minus one thirty, minus one thirty to one hundred for Arsenal with a total risk of 
570 and a to win amount of 300. The next game will be a Liverpool game. It'll be Liverpool minus 210 to win 100. That is a times two, so we're going to make that minus 420 to win 200. And we will also be on the first half of that game as well at even money. Spend 100 to win 100. And then we will have our first bit of draw protection for United Wolves. And that will be a spend 50 to win 700 on United Wolves. Okay, that covers up Liverpool pretty well. City, Tottenham. We will have two units on the minus 275. So that will be a 550 to win 200 for City. Will also be on City first half. Notorious fast starters to get to jump out against Tottenham. That'll be at minus 120 to 100. And then finally, once again, we'll do $50 worth of draw protection plus 400 combined with the United draw gets us to 763. Moving right along, we will, we will have a one unit play on Chelsea, it's 135 to 100, as well as the 102021 prop, which we are going to put up 150, even though it's not up yet, so it's 100 to 150, as well as our standard level of draw protection at 50 dollars let's see what that gets us to 550 and for now that will bring us home we will have a discussion before the monday pod um but just to summarize where we're at on the docket we have 335 plus 570, plus 570, plus 6, excuse me, 720, gets us to 21.95 total risk to win. Well, we'll actually save the to wins because we have draw protection and all sorts of stuff. So 21.95 total risk. And we will go from there. Um, stay tuned. Like and subscribe. Thanks for coming. Top six. How are you? Have a nice day. And let's stay